welcome. It is Wednesday night, generational change. I'm Jen. I'm Peter. And did you see that amazing speech that I gave last night? No, I don't watch State of the Unions. Never really have. Yeah. Um, I find them about as worthwhile as the Oscars, which so I also So that's why I had watch. to watch them so that you didn't have to suffer. No, right? I don't have to watch it because I see clips from different people throughout the day. And the truth is nothing important is ever said at that. There's no factual information. It's just theater. It's can, literally can theater. You just, can you explain to Hi Double K, great hey, to see K. us always. Uh, could you explain to the audience why Senator Cinema? stood in a very visible position with one of the most obscene outfits you'll ever see. Oh, she's now, she's forever Big Bird. Let me tell you something. Her and Marjorie Taylor Greene, I saw with that fur collar ensemble. Seriously, this is like the Academy Awards. It's, it's ridiculous. And yet nobody in that room has any interest in actually doing anything. It's biz- like, it's just so silly. I really feel like I'm watching like... Um, it's a farce. That's why I don't watch it. I've seen clips of it because I watched you guys talking about it, yeah. but I'm not, I can't sit there and watch it. First of all, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. So, so basically why would I want to listen to that? And then, well, here's, let's put it this way. I, I've often said that president, but love you double K. I have, we have, I've often said that if we were living in normal times and a balanced economy, and a balanced, you know, society, Joe Biden would be a below average president. That's where he would fall. There are a couple of things that he's done that are decent, but overall, he's been a complete letdown. But because of the circumstances what we're living in right now, he is a failure as a president. And why people are afraid to say this, I don't know, because it would be one thing if there weren't things that he couldn't do to override what Mansion and cinema have been doing, saying that it's their fault that he hasn't gotten anything done as a president. Yeah. There are so many things that he could do as the chief executive to basically sideline their efforts. And and people know that. But he's done buckus. Double K, I'll give you a choice. Whoever you want to see, I'll give you an invitation. Just let me know. Yeah, he'll do somebody. For you, I'll do, well, for you I'll do an invitation. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, you know what? I just find the whole thing... Um, the fact that he did bring up the Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid and that the Republicans want to end it. Yeah, but so did Joe. Like, they're all just sitting there, like, lying. It, oh, and what's his name? Who was that? Was that Mike Lee? Who was the one that was sitting there, like, basically acting like, who, me? I want to take away Social Security. Yeah. Medicare. And then... <laughs> Uh, Mike Figueredo put a great clip up of him in some sort of private donor thing saying my main purpose in Congress is to get rid of these programs. But here's so. the thing. It's divided government. Nothing's happening to Social Security. Even if Congress, <laughs> even if the even if the House passes some form of a budget that involves cuts to Social Security and Medicare, it's not going to get to the president's desk. It's going to get stopped in the Senate. Why do people act like this is going to be a re- this is called kicking the can down well, the road. It's just so theater. you don't have to do anything. It's just theater. It's just like good guys and bad guys. And the way that um, that woman, and I hate giving her any airtime, but the way she conducts herself. Which one? There were two clowns last yeah, night. Yeah, so okay. It's and you know kind of that they're competing with one another. It's ridiculous. Okay. Anybody that was acting like a fool and a clown. Now, I have actually no problem 
with speaking truth to power and speaking up to the president. And as a sitting member of Congress, I do think that, that you have a duty to represent your people accordingly. But that was just heckling. That was just, that wasn't doing anything substantive. And it was factually incorrect. When he says that Republicans want to take away our social safety net, that's a fact. So to call him a liar, it, it's not really a real, it's not a real good challenge speaking to power moment. It's just childish heckling. And she just is so, and her whole thing, like if sometimes I actually want to just build the wall so that she'll have nothing else to talk about and she'll have to shut up because no, that's her only, well, else. I don't know. Like that seems to be her primary focus is that wall. He owes us that wall. And it's just so, oh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. And she's mm. sitting up there. And she, she's sitting up in the galley, and she's got on a a white fur coat. No, it's it's not a fur coat, but it has I'm a sorry. fur collar. It's this fur collar thing. Between her and cinema, they look ridiculous. But she's up there yelling like such trash. Oh, and again, fine. no problem with speaking out and speaking truth to power. And that's not the point. The point is, is that the substance is not there. It's just her doing it to just be contrarian and the thing is so did i tell you that i've come up with a name for her oh what do you got i like well and i i shared this with nina because and nina thought it was hilarious she's grifter barbie isn't that kind of complimenting her looks though in a no way? i mean oh no which, one's, the, which one is grifter barbie because i'm still not sure <laughs> the one who looks like grifter barbie i marjorie yeah She's Grifter Barbie. Yeah, I, I guess. Well, who, I mean, who is the other person you're talking about? Kirsten Cinema. Oh, well, yeah, but that's a little bit different. Kirsten Cinema hasn't wasted her time spewing out ridiculous nonsense about Nina. Uh, for those of you who didn't have an opportunity to watch the live stream that I was a part of last night, tribute to Jordan Cheriton and Status Quo News, and I was the son of a Vermont, and I, of course, mm -hmm. uh, you know, had lots of things to say. Uh for, for you, Double K, I just want to let you know that I did not approve of my good friend Joe and what he was saying. Unfortunately, he had a lot of hot air and not a lot of substance. That's the truth. And that's basically what it is. Yep. So he's up there and he's trolling the GOP by saying, "Where you guys want to cut uh, Social Security and Medicare. And then you boo and say, no, that's not true. And he's like, all right, so we're not going to cut it. And it's like, it's just theater. This isn't, you but, know. You know, if Bernie or somebody that was had a populist sort of point of view were to yell out, yeah, you're lying, Joe, because of X, Y, and Z. Yeah. That I would appreciate. That would be based on facts. See, that would be really good. If Bernie said, eh, Joe, you're just not being honest with the people because you've had the opportunity to do that. And then da, 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 da. that would be glorious. And this is the whole point, Metalopoly, and this is the whole point of what this is all about. The whole point of all of this is to keep us distracted and always pointing the finger in the other direction. Did you see what that person okay, said? Okay, and let me be said? very clear, Metalopoly, we weren't having a show then, so I can't assure you of this, like I can't prove it. I promise you, when the Dems did their theater during his thing, I found it equally ridiculous. I cannot tell you the amount of times we have mocked Speaker Pelosi on her theatrics and her nonsense. Or how about the fact so that I, I call it always. Or how about the the fact that Trump was up there giving his speech in, I think, 2018 about this country is totally never going to socialism. And then all the Democrats, including Elizabeth Warren, stand up and cheer yeah. as loud as they can. And who was the one person who did not stand up and cheer for Trump? Bernie, Bernie. Sanders. Because Bernie knows what he's doing. Bernie's not stupid, and he understands the reason they say socialism. Socialism, ladies and gentlemen, is used to deflect 
from talking about universal health care, yep. living wage, expanding Social Security, and the fact that macro and microeconomics, as Steve Grumbine has tried to point out repeatedly, are two completely different things, despite what our federally elected employees will have you believe. And I was able to convince a lot of Americans for quite some time that micro and macroeconomics are the exact same thing. And I can assure you as an actor, I was quite convincing back in the day. Oh, Metalopoly, honestly, this is why I don't watch those theatrics. It's, it's it, when I watch the people in Congress, <laughs> when I watch them, I feel like somebody that's needs it. to- well, I'm I, sorry, that's the Cabbage one. Patch Griffin. Cabbage Patch Griffin. I feel good. like that when I watch these theatrics, I feel like somebody needs to be a grown up. Like these people are, they're, they're just not serious. These are not serious people. So I, it's very hard for me to watch it. And this is both sides. They're all silly, you know, yeah. and they lie through their teeth. Like, they, and what's so ridiculous is that they lie about things that are so readily rebuttable. Like we have, like they're smartphones now, people. They've been around for years. So even at your little private donor dinner, people like Mike Lee making statements that my sole purpose of being here is to get rid of Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. And then you're sitting in the State of the Union looking like, oh my God, who me? We would never do that. How ridiculous. And as, it doesn't fly. And as, silly. and as Paul likes to point out, you know, first oh, you've yeah. got Pelosi with the clap, then the tearing of the paper. Which by the way was it's, perforated for her. Yeah, it's it that's the type of stuff that the person who was struggling to put food on the table, who is struggling because they don't have any health care, their job is not fulfilling or compensating properly. No. Those are people who will look at that and say, whatever the other side is selling, as long as they're not sanctimonious pricks like this person, I'll vote for them just out of spite. Yeah. I don't care what they're offering. I don't want anything. Hopefully it holds. It's not the internet. It's something else. And I don't know what, and we don't know some, we don't have we like a StreamYard expert because we don't have a StreamYard expert. But anyway, what really is, is very um, frustrating is that it is, it is so theatrical, but it's, it's not even, nothing comes of it. It's not like even if you're putting on theatrics that you could even get some sort of progress made there. All they do is just fight to fight. It's just, it's just like, and by the way, Nancy Pelosi, it's those kinds of theatrics and that kind of nonsense. When you're wondering why would somebody break into my house? This is why, this is why. And then there are <laughs> enough people who just go around constantly saying that these, that they're elected officials and that we must maintain you know, decency and, and, and what decency, I'm what, so what decency, that. there isn't any point to this. And friend of the show, also part of Status Quo News, Zayna Day, who actually was AOC speechwriter, has made it very clear that it is unfortunate that there are people who still want to believe that AOC is going to become, you know, this sort of revolutionary leader on the Hill, it's not going to happen. That's not what she's going to do. That doesn't mean she's a bad person, but the expectations of what you think she's <laughs> going to do for the average person, it's not going to happen. And somebody decided to point out, it wasn't anybody of note, but they pointed out that AOC has the most progressive voting record out of anybody on the Hill. And that doesn't mean anything if those votes are never going to get to the floor for a vote anyway. So it's in a committee and you say, yes, I, I support Medicare for all. Yes, I support a Green New Deal. Yes, I support expansion of union rights and things like that. It's easy to do that if you know it's never going to get to the floor. And I'm not saying she's going to pull it back, but it's not like, as far as I know, that she's going around knocking on, 
you know, moderate congressional elected representatives doors and asking them, hey, this is a very important piece of legislation. Would you consider co-signing because it's going to be great for your constituency? I don't know, but I don't think that's happening. Just a thought. I could be um, Look, and I, I've said this multiple times about her and I don't know her personally, but <laughs> it seems to me that from pretty early on, her passion for the people was somehow she she fall she fell in line she fell in line with mama bear and i'm not judging it i'm not it's just an, i'm just observing it and so to me um all of it is just you say what people want want to hear at the times when you know you won't actually have to do anything if about there it there was some type of a leadership council committee whatever you want to call it that was part of the true non-corporate left whoever it is you guys really don't think that greg kassar maxwell frost delia ramirez Ayanna Presley, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Raul Guevara, Ilhan Omar, Jasmine Crockett, Corey Summer Bush. Lee, Cori Bush. You're telling me that they wouldn't coalesce behind pushing for some type of a Medicare for all type situation? Of course they would. But nobody's taking that. Point. Nobody wants to. St no one wants it. Everyone is convinced right now that the water is either boiling hot or freezing cold. Either way, they're not stepping in because the temperature doesn't suit what they feel is correct at the time. And for the people that are out there that are suffering every day, that's not good enough at this point. There has to be somebody who's willing to do this. I don't know why no one is willing to take that chance. But then again, the only thing that makes sense is that having this job is extremely lucrative. Yeah, well, that's what it comes down to. It, it, the bottom line is, regardless of what they're threatened with in terms of their professional, like inside Congress from people like Nancy Pelosi or Hakeem Jeffries, like regardless of what they're threatened with, at the end of the day, if you fall in line, you're saying that keeping that job is more important to you than doing what you went there to do. So it's really self-defeating. Like you're really not, it, it defeats the whole purpose of being there. But again, it's these, it becomes a career. It becomes a career. I'd love to see, you know what? Honestly, these should be like unpaid positions. You should get a stipend while you're in DC and that's it. Yeah. Let's see how many people flock to that when they're unpaid and there's no more paid lobbyists either. Well, ultimately one of the arguments of course is the opposite of what you're suggesting, which of course is that Congress should be paid a lot more than what they're paid. It's kind of this argument that, you know, teachers obviously should be paid more, that police officers should be paid X amount of dollars to just completely avoid the issue of corruption, which I do think is- It'll you know, never, there, there will never, never be enough, enough money, money to pay them to avoid the issue of corruption, which is why I say they should, they're public servants. You get a stipend when you're in DC, we'll subsidize this, da, 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 whatever. I'm sorry, I, the, the, the salary thing and the whole life thing makes it to where it becomes a career for people. And that just is not how it's supposed to be. Yeah, it, I agree. And it's just, you know, we're looking through clips right now of what we may talk about. But, you know, I, I mean, again, it's just I it's don't want to like rewatch. Look at her. She's like a ridiculous. Lunacy. She's just it's, like a farce. It's, it's the lunacy of it all. Uh, but I will say, look, I, I watched it. I was with Jordan and, and Zayna and, you know, we went through the whole thing. And of course, it was the son of the. I, I can't stop uh, like that. What I will say uh, okay, this is probably good. All right, so we're going to put this on. This is going to be Biden's second State of the Union speech in one minute. So you're basically going to hear all the key talking points. Of I apologize in advance for people who don't want this. If you if, 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 now is the time to mute if you don't want to hear you, it. If, well, yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on one second. So I'm just saying, you know, well, not everybody's going to want to hear it. Not everybody wants to hear it. I know I didn't. Well. 
All right. So here's what <laughs> here's what the president of the United States has to say. All right. Come on, Corn Pop. He was a bad dude. <laughs> the cost of resuming jobs, I will veto it. No billionaire should be paying a lower tax rate than a school teacher or firefighter. Oh, I mean it. Think about it. Let me give you anybody who doubts it, contact my office. I'll give you a copy. I'll give you a copy of the proposal. That means Congress doesn't vote. Here's what Tyree's mother shared with me when I spoke to her. When I asked her how she finds the courage to carry on and speak out. The faith of God, she said her son was, quote, a beautiful soul and something good will come of this. Name me a world leader who changed places with Xi Jinping. Name me one. If you try anything to raise the cost of presenting jobs, I will veto it. No billionaire should be paying. So, of course, this is Bloomberg who put the short together. And the most important line of the entire night, or the most important part of the Biden State of the Union, which went on way longer than it should have. They always do. Uh, literally within a matter of seconds, he went from climate change is the existential crisis of our time to we must use oil and gas as our primary energy source for at least the next decade. I'm sticking. Look, it's one thing if you're not going to say we're going to completely phase out oil and gas in the next decade. That is all, beyond a reach, to say the least. But to suggest that oil and gas must be front and center for at least the next 10 years it, there's no logic. And then he talks about drilling in, on a, on, in, you know, in land throughout the country. Have we heard from the Bright Green Lies people? No, not yet. That's on me. I got to follow up. Please. I will. I have to talk to those people. But um, yeah, this is why I don't watch the State of the Union, because one, I don't believe a word that comes out of his mouth. And two, it doesn't matter even if he believed what he was saying. It doesn't mean anything's going to actually happen. I just don't understand. It's how just theater. You could say one thing in that one minute. And then the next thing you know, you're going right back to. But I'm actually worse than Trump on this issue. And he is. <laughs> That's what's amazing. That's Nobody what people cares. just don't want to. It's not computing with the fact that he in two years has issued more drilling permits than Trump issued in four years. That's amazing. Actually, what's really entertaining to me to talk about was the little uh, Mitt Romney, George Santos exchange. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was because someone, nobody is more concerned with decorum than Mitt Romney. He's probably at the top. I would say oh. he's right up there. So like That's why he he's loves Kristen so Sandler. appalled by this guy being there. Now he's not, a, and, and in fact- Santos looks like such a douche. Oh, he's such, he's, he's but so, so here's the thing. So apparently Mitt Romney called him out on his way out basically and said, you shouldn't be here. And apparently George Santos all but told him to go fuck himself. And so then when Mitt Romney was asked, well, why would you confront him like that? His number one thing wasn't that, well, he was a fraud to his constituents and lied to all the people that voted for him. That wasn't the first thing that come to Mitt Romney's mind as to why he shouldn't be there. The first thing that comes to his mind is, how dare this man stand in the Hall of Congress and get that close to the president? Like, his, like it was just so unpleasant for him that he was there. I don't understand that. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> That's Mitt Romney. But then after he said that, he said, oh, and yeah, well, you know, he got there by lying. 
but he was much more offended. And in fact, he said, you know, I get that he's there, but he shouldn't be standing front and center. Like he was much more offended that the guy asserted himself to shake hands with everyone than he was by the fact that he he lied to an entire district of people to get elected. Yeah. So that's my point. Like there are definitely people that are more interested in the decorum of the whole thing. And Mitt Romney is at the top of that list. Yeah. Romney, of course, for those of you who may or may not know, was um, in charge of Bain Capital, which is a private equity, um, you know, but let's put it this way. He basically was a Gordon Gecko. That's what he was. He's a corporate raider who literally took people's jobs away so that he can make more and more money. Uh, so that's why he's there. Doing so when people are asked, nothing. well, so when people are asking questions as to, well, do you think this is bad? It's very easy to kind of gloss over that because Romney knows that Romney sucks. <laughs> and I, when liberals are like trying to put Romney on a pedestal and between him and like Lit and uh, what's her name, Liz Cheney, it's like you people have just yeah. But that also goes to show the level of comfort that so many people who are so obsessed with the 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 sporting event that is politics. And I love sports, but this you like and you like this politics. I don't like this shit. This stuff I don't like at all. This is useless stuff. They're not talking about things that really matter. No, but they 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 never will. They never will. And when are people out there going to learn that is the question. Well, that's what we're trying to do here. That's kind of what we're trying to do here. We're trying. That's sort of the whole point of this. So it was not a, it was an hour and a half of, of a lot of hot salad. air. Of a lot of hot air. But Latitudes. I, I will say I, I couldn't tell whether President Biden or Bono got more screen time last night. In fact, I wonder if there is a video that's out there regarding that. Why, Bono? Bono? What happened with Bono? Bono was on camera probably as much as Joe was. Was Bono at the State of the Union? Is that why? Uh, yeah, he oh, was. Okay. Uh, so let's see if they bring that up. Okay, um, well, speaking on behalf of probably, I would say a good majority of the world, we'd rather watch Bono. Oh, I think so. And I'm not a huge U2 fan by any stretch. Mad respect for Bono, mad respect for The Edge, but it's just not my type of music. But I'd much rather watch. He's done more to help people in his life than Joe Biden will ever accomplish. Well, that's probably life. true. And Bono, <laughs> I mean, they really just kind of, well, you'll see. We'll, we'll All right. I, Cause you know, he's just done a lot of really good things. He's, and I know that politically you have, might have issues with him, but you know, I have, I he's, have. he's the reason that like AIDS in Africa and a lot of stuff had attention brought to it at a time when most celebrities yeah, weren't yeah, doing yeah, crap. Yeah, I'm just saying. If you haven't seen the se- sorry, if you he haven't seen the He comes from the self-indulgent South- 80s and he actually stood for something of some value. Well, that's if why you I haven't like seen that. the South Park episode of uh, More Crap, that's the name of the episode, with Bono, you would certainly understand. It's very, very funny. So we'll, we'll just show you right here. Bono made quite the appearance. Cure some cancers once and for all. Folks, as an expression, I hope I get it right, kid. Any nation that out-educates us is going to out-compete us. As far as, as far as I'm concerned, it would be one thing if they shot Bono once or twice over the course of the night. They panned to Bono at least a dozen times. That's all they have. Look, we know the the left 
or no, 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 I'm not going to say the left. The Democrats always rely on celebrities. That's their whole game. That's what they have is people from Hollywood and the music industry. They rely on celebrities, people like Obama and Bruce Springsteen. My point is, uh, this is common. They have nothing else. You know, I, <laughs> it's funny. I wasn't thinking about uh, bringing up Springsteen, but I will but tell you. No, but this is actually a relevant story since I don't know if we're going to have a guest tonight. So I actually think that this is, uh, this is actually pretty important because uh, for those of you who may or may not know, and our good friend Fred Frost happens to have a wealthy friend who brought him to uh, the Hard Rock the other night, last night as a matter of fact, Springsteen did perform at the Hard Rock last night. The minimum ticket to get in was $700 a seat, minimum. That's your guy Springsteen, Most expensive huh? ticket to see the show was $5,000. And some spent 10000 You know, Bono and U2 were some of the first, one of the first bands that fought against that kind of the price thing and the Ticketmaster yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that is because I don't watch it's Stupid a, Crap. It's a, it's a, uh, all right. So I'm sure is, it's a reference to a cartoon. Yes, it is a reference I'm to, sure a great, it is. to a great cartoon, Whatever. which I think is very important. Uh, so this is really, really disturbing. And you guys are going to see this. So for those of you who may or may not know, Bruce Springsteen is my favorite musician. He always has he's been for- It's kind of his only musician. That is not true. You say that- That but, is not true. Okay. Again, you just talked right out of your bum and yes. it's not true. Okay, guys. He is my favorite musician though. I do not deny that. And so Backstreets is a fan site and magazine that has been- operated by a huge Springsteen supporter since 1980 or even or 1979. It started sometime around then. But as a result- It's like a relic. As a result of Bruce basically allowing Ticketmaster to do what they did, which is to allow these ticket prices to price out his real fans, Backstreets is shutting down after 43 years. And this is not because- they didn't have support. This is because they stopped supporting Bruce. Hold on a second. Bono was never married to Cher. That's ridiculous, people. Maybe they dated. Never married to Cher. Bono's been with the same woman forever and eternity, and he has never been with Cher. He just has a thousand girlfriends on the that side. That may be, but he's never been married to Cher. I can, I can think of her husbands in my head. I can't name all of them, but he's definitely not one of them. I lost track after like Greg Allman and Rob Simonetti. A magazine and website that has served Bruce Springsteen's fans for 43 years is shutting down with its publisher writing that he's been disillusioned by the debate over ticket prices from their hero's current tour. Backstreet's has been an unusually robust publication that imposed journalistic rigor on its writing and photography while leaving no doubt of its fan worship. But the complaints about high ticket prices left people there dispirited, downhearted, and yes, disillusioned. Disappointment is a common feeling among hardcore fans in the Backstreet's community. Springsteen's manager, John Landau, said, we are very sorry to hear the news of Backstreet's closing, and we want to thank Chris Phillips for his 30 years of dedication on behalf of Springsteen fans everywhere. Doesn't sound like they're that sorry. There was an uproar among some Springsteen fans when ticket prices, when tickets first went on sale last summer, particularly over Ticketmaster's dynamic pricing model, which is actually uh, facing congressional hearings, as we, I, I believe as we speak, which sent tickets soaring over 5,000 or more when they were in high demand. At a congressional hearing last month, following the fiasco over Ticketmaster's handling of Taylor Swift tour tickets, U.S. Sen one of the most conservative centers, mind you, John Kennedy of Louisiana suggested major artists like Springsteen and Swift should demand fee caps. You think? 
Springsteen's team has defended the prices as being in line with what is charged today by many of his peers. I'm disgusted. Who gives a flying F what your peers charge? Oh my God. What the hell does that matter? I can't believe it. You have always been the rock star who has always defined himself as somebody who traveled in a van and not a limousine. Apparently not now, my friend. Like many artists, he says he's annoyed when unscrupulous ticket brokers, not the music. It's like writing a strongly worded letter and expecting that to make a difference. You can say either you change or I don't play. You could do that. You're already worth half a billion dollars. But no, let's do this. Many Springsteen fans have been with him for decades, appreciating his working class New Jersey roots. And roots should be in quotes now because those roots are not the same. And can remember when a ticket for a four hour high energy show on the Darkness Tour in 1978 could be had for $7.50. And if you were to adjust that for inflation, it would probably be somewhere in the neighborhood of about $25 to $30. That's what it would be. That's not reality anymore. Springsteen hasn't backed down, telling Rolling Stone magazine that fans unhappy with the price after seeing the show can have their money back. Uh, again, that's not Bruce, the, that's it's such a, a bad look, it's man. It's so bad, Bruce. Oh my God, Bruce. Why? I'm glad that I've seen him. The amount of times I've seen him, I've seen him several times. It, it He does do an amazing show. The E Street Band's phenomenal. It is a four hour, like it, he rocks. He does. And and they play like they take requests. They never have like a set set list like they are really good. But this is just really un, like I, like this I now not, purposely wouldn't see him now. The, the prices that they're trying to charge are the type of prices that in the modern era, if the Born in the USA tour was happening right now, they would do it. And in, in many instances, they would get away with it because that was a different time. And I a was different, there. And a different Bruce. If you saw the Born in the USA tour, you would understand that, yeah, it's the rock experience of your life. Bruce Springsteen in his 70s with his band charging this money. This is nuts. I saw him born in the USA, Orange Bowl. It was amazing. It really was. 80,000 people. I mean. It was crazy. And he was one cool rocking daddy at that time. I'm not saying he can't still rock. He was married to Julianne Phillips. And I got to tell you, one of the things that Patty Scalfa, even when they were just bandmates, was doing, one of the things you will notice as a Springsteen aficionado, I will tell you, if you go back and you watch the 85 tour when he was with, when they were doing the Born in the USA tour, you could tell that he actually did vocal exercises before he went on stage. He would practice, he would actually make his voice, and he could, at that time, he could carry a decent tune. A lot of other times, he literally sounds like he's talking his way through music. Yeah. But at that time, he really valued it. And that's why it's heralded as one of the greatest tours ever. What he's doing now, that's not the same thing. By not the way, close. that was also the same. I, that was right around the same year that I saw Prince Purple Prince Rain. Prince Purple Rain. It at, was. The same, at the same stadium, by yeah. the way. It was a great year. It was a great year, guys. I'm telling that, you. That stuff doesn't exist anymore. Oh, and I love Bruce. But Bruce can't sing anymore. Certain types of voices do not age well. That's just what it is. Those raspy voices do not always age well. And it just depends. Some people still sound the same. I have to tell you, I've gone to see um, James Taylor a few times recently. Former President James Taylor? That's sorry. And and his voice is still just as butter soft, beautiful. Like it's amazing. It really is. So it's not all people, but Bruce has that kind of voice. It's just not. This is where it does, this is where it gets bad. You thought it was bad already? No, that was, I'm really getting disgusted. I kind of wish even, you weren't telling me this. This is even worse. 
You certainly don't like to be the poster boy for high ticket prices, but said you have to own your decisions and do your best. Phillips wrote that many Backstreet's readers have lost interest because they can't afford to go to the show. Oh my God. Obviously. He said he hasn't given up on being a, a fan of Springsteen's music, and the others shouldn't either. We simply realized that we would not be able to cover this tour with the drive and sense of purpose. With If that's not a wake-up call, that, you're, that the publication that has basically been keeping you with a fan base that will turn out in record numbers. It no doesn't care anymore. Much, that's the bottom line. And, you know, there are there are still people that that do their best. There are still artists that do their best to be able to um, control that. And it, it's if you really care about people being able to see you and share your art and be part of it, you, that's just not realistic. And, and it, part of it is also a venue problem because Billy Joel's coming and I can't tell you guys or he was just here the amount of times I've seen him. I've seen him. And the only reason I even really care to go and do it again now is because my younger wants to go. And it's the first time he wants to go see him. Yes, Carla. Yes, it was the best. Um, but so I, I really I wanted to take him. But it, it's I want to say it's something like 500 and change are the are the crappy seats, a ticket to take my kid to go see. And it's like, that's just crazy. Guys, that's just crazy. Guys, we've got a decent crowd right now. We've got 26 live. I know, right? You brag about 26 live. Here. Other channels, they got thousands. They're bragging about it. <laughs> uh, we may not have a guest tonight. So if there's any topics you want us to discuss. Or but anything, I will say oh. why. Now, in all fairness, we had rescheduled or Peter tried to reschedule um, Senator Chevron Jones, um, and who actually really does want to come on our show. And he is actually stuck in session right now in Tallahassee and they're voting on yeah, some you can sort imagine of immigration. The immigration bill, which you can only imagine yeah. how bad it must it's be. It's ugly. I'm it's sure it's ugly. Bad. And Chevron is one of like a handful of people that are really fighting the good fight oh, there. So, so he's actually working. And so I, I find that a very good reason to be stood up. That is, that is my point. Uh, I have not Danny had the privilege of seeing, um, Led Zeppelin live. That is definitely a bad. No, that's even that's before me. Even that's, yeah, oh, that's amazing. I know, I know, I know what we can talk about, and I think that this is, um, this is, uh, oh, uh, well, Doug. Um, Obviously, here's here's what I could tell you about Nicole Sandler. Um, Nicole does not think very highly of Jenneri. Um, no, she she has some issues with it. With and, me. and that should tell you all you need to know, because as I told you, the minimum ticket price to go last night minimum was seven hundred dollars and the maximum ticket price was five thousand dollars. Who do you think can afford that? Who's going? People with a lot of money because she wasn't invited of, as a journalist and a I lot of disposable income. No, not at all. <laughs> Listen, Fred Frost is a great friend. And he even Fred said, Frost. I have a very wealthy, very specifically said, very wealthy friend who invited me to the show. That's how you go. And you want to know something that I did notice once when I was at a hard rock show. Now, sometimes I also go to concerts alone um, pretty frequently um, because Partially because if I really want to see somebody and it's expensive, if I'm just buying for myself as opposed to somebody coming with me who isn't even that into it, it just makes sense. But um, I noticed something a few years ago at the Hard Rock at a venue. I was there seeing uh, Rob Thomas. And anybody who doesn't know, I love me some Rob Thomas. And I got my husband sometimes can get very crafty with getting good tickets and stuff like that. He can somehow just some are he can just sometimes get crafty. And I had really good seats. So I want to say I was like. 
third, fourth row on the floor. It was probably some, I don't know what he did to get this or what, it could have been from a patient, who knows. And what I noticed is the people in the first two rows, they're not interested in the music. Most of the people in the first two rows rows are wealthy people or high rollers of the casino that were comp tickets and they're just there because they got the tickets. It isn't because they're actual fans. And when you do things like that and you have high ticket prices, you're not going to get your real fans. You're not. You're not going to get, and you're not, by the way, you're not going to get the fun people either. Something Billy Joel does, I will tell you though, is he generally will withhold the first few rows of his concert and somewhere like he invites down the people that have not as good seats and he invites them down to the front. And he's done that at multiple shows. So some people recognize that apparently Bruce not. I'm so disgusted right now. I really would have rather not known this. Like I didn't need to know that. Well, it's very disappointing. And, and you have him hanging on the wall here like a friggin' like it's an altar. Well, at, those, at, that, at that time, he wasn't so bad. Apparently. Well, and also I'll let it go because Clarence is in the picture. But I still think that the whole thing is just gross. Clarence was kind of neoliberal back in the day. He was so Hollywood. I don't want to hear about that either. Um, I know. I don't like it either. Uh, but apparently uh, there's been a lot of bad things being said about Roger Waters lately. There have always been bad things being said about Roger Waters because he dared to speak out against Israel a long time ago. So he pissed off. He pissed off a lot of the Jewish people a long time ago. And so that was it for him. TM, that's a very interesting question. Um, I did not. I mean, I noticed that Coney Island was there and Kavanaugh was there. I don't think Alito or Thomas was there. I I think that that's who was missing. Is that correct? Or was was even Justice was Justice Roberts there? You know what? I may have missed him. I could be wrong. I don't know why they need to be there, quite honestly. I really don't. I don't understand why they need to be at the State of the Union. Yeah. It's, he's giving an address to Congress. It's a totally separate branch of government. They're really old. I don't understand why they wouldn't want to just be at home. Like, I don't understand why they would need to be there anyway. And if they weren't, maybe it is because they were old and it's past their bedtime. Well, even if that were the case, that people were just looking at it from the perspective of it's a, it's a sign of respect and it's the State of the Union. Well, again, our union is crumbling in many ways. It just is. Yeah, so a few of them weren't there. I don't, th- I don't see why they would need to be there. Why would anybody be taking that seriously is more of the question. When the Heritage Foundation, and I use them as a euphemism because there's obviously a collection of conglomerates, whether it is um, – you know, the, the organization that Grover Norcrist runs, which I don't think oh, is the Cato Institute. Oh, good God. Uh, these are, uh, Gorsuch is, is, a, is, an, is an originalist. I will give him that. But Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett have no business on the Supreme Court at all. It is a farce. It's a farce if you get one on there. They got two on there. It's that really, have no business being It's really there. quite scary. You know, when I'm sitting here thinking about maybe they didn't want to stay up that late, I'm fascinated. Lord knows what they pumped Joe full of that he had energy to do it. I was way past Sleepy Joe's bedtime last night. I mean, you know. Well, they definitely gave him something oh, in order to keep I, him I, going. I don't understand how he avoids sundowning like mid-speech. And the way that they open the speech, talking about the fact that, Hey, let's hear from Hakeem Jeffries, the first black guy who's ever been the House Minority Leader. And I'm just like, okay, what are his policies? When I saw him stand up, and I only saw because, again, I was watching you guys watch it, and I had it on mute. 
because I wanted to support by watching the show and have it running, but I didn't want to listen to the State of the Union. So I had it muted. When I saw him stand up and, and I saw him stand up and like take a bow and everybody stand and clap, I really almost threw up in my mouth. And I, don't, I wasn't even hearing it. I just saw the visual. I'm disgusted. Here's something also, TM, to remember. And the reason why these things don't get, and nobody's talking about packing the courts. Correct. No one is talking about this because 99 times out of 100, you're dealing with, uh, and, and on a sidebar, dirtbag leftists, this is one of the sad realities, but this also goes to show you the difference between somebody like Bruce Springsteen and somebody like Roger Waters. Roger Waters is for real, and Bruce, unfortunately, isn't anymore. And that's sad. Yeah. And you know what? This is one of those sad realities that a lot of people in life have a very hard time admitting. I will always appreciate Bruce's music. Bruce was, I actually spoke to Bruce once. The amount of influence that he's had on my life, I can never, never like explain away how important he's been to me, especially during- This must be very hard for you. This is no different than somebody who has a hard realization that when, even if it's somebody as simple as an AOC saying that she's not the person I thought she was that we elected into Congress or that the Democratic Party is actually representing working people. There are a lot of people out there who know that this is the truth, but they can't face it. There are a lot of people who can't face the truth about Bruce Springsteen. You know, and that and yet that tells in comparison when I think about like America's dad, Bill Cosby. We've learned a lot of things about people of recent years that have really knocked people off pedestals. Don't you know, don't like love your you know, don't hero worship. Well, we have a huge problem with that in our culture. Huge. And of course, with all the things that shouldn't be right, like the things that are okay. when it comes to our legislators, those are our employees. They're employees. The fact that somehow they're so concerned with decorum and, and we should respect them and we shouldn't interrupt them and all this. Are you kidding me? Those are your employees and they have better health care than you do. So that's that's a bunch of nonsense. The fact that people worship those people, I have no clue. When it comes to celebrities and athletes, that really speaks to me more as like our culture, like what we prioritize. And it's very unfortunate. The very first Springsteen concert I went to was at the Meadowlands in 07 for the Magic Tour. That's when I finally had the opportunity to see him live. And I was in the pit and I only paid $100 to get that ticket. And it wasn't, it was kind of weird too, because, you know, they talked about the marathon shows, this particular concert. And the only thing that makes sense now that I look back on it, and the only reason why Bruce's concerts at this particular time only went for about two and a half hours, only about 23, 24 songs, whatever the exact number was at the time. But this was at the time when Dan Federici was suffering from cancer and probably only had enough to go to a certain point. He would be dead in less than six months, but he was still out there performing, which was amazing. And I will tell you that even that abbreviated concert is one of the most amazing experiences you could ever hope to be a part of. But the idea that this is in sort of modern times, this wasn't, you know, Bruce of 30, 40 years ago. This is Bruce in the last 10, 15 years. And the prices were absolutely reasonable. The fact that this has happened so recently. Yeah, well, now he's hanging out with the Obamas. And, you think uh, Obama put a spell on him? All I'm saying is, is that when you're out, if you're out, you know, hanging with the bougies, you're the bougies. But he's always been, they've always wanted to hang out with him, not the other way around. I'm just saying, that's what happens. 
I agree that with what he said, it is too partisan, TM. It, it really isn't I, like I don't understand why the Supreme Court would be in a partisan like set. I don't it, it doesn't make sense. I understand that they've always been there. Again, I don't watch theater like that. I just don't have I don't have I can't stomach that crap. Yeah, it's really I, I feel that it's it's like times like these and, you know, not mentioning any names, but it just goes to show you why certain people at this point in time are being floated to run for president when it's like people are so desperate for some type of hero that they can latch on to. I assure you there are none. We have each other. And the sooner we realize that it's just the, it's just the name of the game, that we, even in a 25-person chat where you have all different kinds of political leanings, that there is something that our message is conveying that is resonating. I blame her too, Metalopoly. We've said that too. I have a lot of issues with the fact that Obama didn't ask her to step down and that she didn't step down when she had an opportunity to. But even if she did, who's to say that Obama would have fought for a decent nominee? He let Garland fall by the wayside. I didn't see him putting up much of a fight. I keep saying- We've blamed them all. It's all part of it. They, when the Democrats say it's all Republican appointed judges, well, that's part of the problem. But you rolled over and played dead. And so now that's where we are. And what's even more interesting that no one is really thinking about right now is that one of the things that's going to happen about a year from now, let's just say for the sake of argument that Joe is the nominee for the Democrats again. And it's very likely that whether it's Trump or DeSantis, and it will be one of those two, is going to lose or is losing. One of the arguments that's going to be put forward is that you have to vote for Joe, because if you don't, then Trump or DeSantis is going to be able to replace Alito and Thomas on the Supreme Court. Well, guess what? They have no intention. This is a this is a shell game now. Alito and Thomas are not moving from that court if a Democrat is in the White House. They'll only leave if they're in a body bag. If a Republican president is there, then they probably will step down and be replaced with somebody handpicked from the Cato Institute that's about 30 years younger than each one of them. And that's how this works. And at this point now, you it's kind of like the removal of Roe v. Wade. You have to remember that for decades and decades, Roe v. Wade could have been codified, but it never was. And it wasn't codified because it's too lucrative. Yeah, that's their number one fundraising tool. If you were to ask- What are they going to do now? Parade celebrities- Claim about they're trying to take your social security. What I mean, what do they have now? Here's what here's here's where I stand, and I think that this for anyone who's wondering, you know, what are what is the motivation of the Democratic Party? The Democratic Party that is controlled by the the Wasserman Schultzes, the Pelosi's, the Hakeem Jeffries, the Steny Hoyers, the Jim Clyburns of the world. Their goal is to scare the shit out of you to vote against your best interests. Because whether you vote Democrat or Republican, and as the current parties that they are constructed as, they do not represent you. Once in a blue moon, the Democrats might toss you something that makes you not literally go over the cliff. Exactly, Double K. Exactly my point. And that was your exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Well, exactly. That's my point. 2024 is going to be an interesting year. And now you have the well, do you want to hear from the former president? Because apparently he had something to say. I don't I don't know which which the former president, which you're going to have to be more specific. The former president had something to say. Oh, all right. All right. That. All right. Yeah. All right. Double K. For those of you wondering what I had to say today, it was very important that people understand that Ron 
sanctimonious, because he's very sanctimonious, the Satan himself, who totally went against the grain and challenged King Trump. Big mistake. Totally, totally terrible. I could have you arrested for that, by the way. And he decided he wants this fight. Oh, I'm bringing the fight. He totally has no idea what he's up against. So I decided to call him a pedophile. It's totally justified. He's in pictures with young girls under the age of 18 that qualifies them as children. And he totally put his arms around them and he gave them alcohol. Did you? He's a groomer. Wait, wait, wait. He's a pedophile. That really happened. Oh, it totally happened. Believe me. He's really, really terrible. But you know what else I did? I'm oh trying God. to throw everybody off. Yeah. I'm throwing people off. It's no really one's going to buy no, that no, about DeSantis. No, trying, excuse, excuse me. I'm Nobody's going to buy that no, about DeSantis. But totally, no, but they're going to buy this. They're totally buying. They buy oh everything God. I sell. Only Trump like your small Trump little water. niche of people, oh. you know, sycophants. But that's a really big niche. It's not that big. Oh, it's totally big. No. Bigger than you can believe. No, believe and a lot me. of your people believe are happy with, with DeSantis. Totally believe me. Anyway, she's just distracting. You listen to King Trump. He knows what he's talking about. And so Ron DeSanctimonious, he oh, wants God. this fight. He's going to get this fight and he's going to lose bigly. I don't think so. I he is. And you know how I know? Because I created him and I can destroy him. I think that's that that's gonna not happen. how it's going to work. No, it's totally that way. And I'll, I, as everyone understands, I'm a really great person, really incredible. Nobody understands that. No, they excuse me. I totally made Ron DeSanctimonious the president. I did I say that out loud? Oh yeah. I, you see what happens, ladies and gentlemen. You do a nice thing for somebody, and they totally step all over you. Totally terrible. I will stop that man. He's going to be stopped. And if I have to, you meant governor. Well, I know what I meant, but I said it by accident. But it could have been Freudian. It could have been a total Freudian. Yes, because you anticipate him being the next president. I totally anticipate a lot of things happening, such as me getting back into the White House so we can make America great again. Again. And that's what it's all about. So when you're looking for reasons <laughs> to turn on that totally ungrateful Benedict Arnold piece of crap, Governor DeSanctimonious, Governor DeSatan, as I like to call He's him. He's extremely popular. He may be popular, but I'm the most beautiful gal at the ball. And when I tell you that that man likes underage girls, it means... And he's an actual Floridian. No, actually, he's not. He's totally not from Florida either. He's really not. He's from... Uh, uh, I he grew up he, here, though. He grew up here. He went to no, school here. No, he totally didn't. He grew up up north like me. He's a total sand... He's a, he's a carpet-bagging no. loony bin. Just, I mean... He'll never have a more palatial palace than Mar-a-Lago. He wishes he could have an incredible place like that. I've got it. He doesn't. He's really terrible. So when I tell you that Ron DeSanctimonious is going down for pedophilia, it might just happen. Believe me. Great to see you guys. DJ McG, I don't disagree. <laughs> I thought that was Love funny. you, TM. I, I hope that the reason you're giving and a thanks, cash app and K. for those people that are interested. I'm starting to go the way of that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sort of with you. So I'm for those you. of you who are looking to support our show, of course, dollar sign gen change at cash app is certainly much appreciated. You can be a wonderful supporter like Double K and TM. And, and I actually, I'm going to tell you guys what yeah. I'm saving up for if I haven't. I did tell, I mean, I think I mentioned it, but guys, I'd really like us to have a 501c3 branch where I can actually apply for grant money and do some seriously cool things. You know, as a 501c4, we aren't going to be eligible. I mean, 
there's certain things we can get money for, but not as much as if I had a 501c3. And so I would like to form that. I'm saving up in our little business account um, because it needs to be done properly. And, and so that's what I want to do. I want to I create our, a 501c3 branch of generational change. And that will be um, where I can get grant money. <laughs> that's a good, I, I mean, listen, you know, I said, listen, I, I, what Nikki Freed said today on social media is guys. I'd what, rather see a fist fight. Come yeah, on. Well, come the, on. Well, DeSantis would kill oh, it would be, um, it would be absurd. It would be over. Before. But it would be so entertaining. Uh, uh. <laughs> it would be so, ent- oh, all you have to do is pull hair. Oh yeah. Rip the rug. Rip right that off rug head. right off his head. Uh, <laughs> I will say this, Metalopoly, uh, DeSantis is definitely running for president. This is not even a question. Oh. <laughs> Trump would have no reason to say a word and wouldn't say a word unless he knows for sure. He knows and they're on the inside of the inside because they swim in the same. You want to talk yeah. about the same. But when people say that Trump doesn't take the corporate money and the same co- Republican bigwig money yes, like the does. Mercer family, those two are literally this is like Cinderella. They're competing for the glass slipper. That's what they're doing. It's they so, all roll in. The, that is why Trump's doing this because he knows that DeSantis, DeSantis is his only threat. DeSantis has been fundraising his around the threat, country. Only threat for for years around the country. He's been fundraising. So while he was running for governor here, running for reelection here, yet he's fundraising in Southern California and Buffalo, New York, and Iowa, and all sorts of places where he's out just like all right, Jen. Doing we that. have to address this. Arlene Chambers, twenty dollars. We love you. Do you think Marianne Williamson can be? Can, can be pushed to embrace progress. The idea that you have to write can can be pushed to embrace progressive ideas. I wasn't too impressed with the answer she gave in Jordan's interview. Uh, you would be correct. I watched the interview. I also watched the interview that she gave today with Vosh. Here's what I would say. Somebody is going to challenge Joe Biden. That is going to happen. Is it going to be an effective challenge? Is it going to be one that's actually going to create momentum and build a movement and get people excited again about electoral politics and actually turn this into something that could potentially knock Biden off his perch? As of this moment, I don't think so. For your $20, Arlene, my mama always taught me that if you have nothing nice to say about somebody, say nothing. If you are as generous as some of these other wonderful people here in this chat, please go to patreon.com forward slash generational change for as little as $5 a month. You could become an even bigger supporter of our wonderful, small, but mighty show. Oh, no. God, no, not Mayo Pete. I mean, yeah, they'll stick him in there, maybe. It only if Joe, well, he would only run if Joe's not running. He wouldn't. I mean, look, we're we're pushing our, our candidates right here. For $10 a month supporters, you could get the Mansion Parliamentarian bumper sticker that a lot of you probably saw on Status Coup. Jordan Cheriton now has this. You know where Jordan Cheriton has this wonderful bumper sticker? Right above the United Corporations of America flag. So if you want one of these babies, become a $10 a month patron and we'll throw in the Lulu sticker for good measure. And Arlene, bank on that. Mm. In addition to that, in addition to that, If you are feeling very generous and you would like to become the ultimate contributor to our show, $25 a month, you can- If you say it, I'm not going to show it. Show it, then I'll say it. (laughs) Show it, then I'll say it. Guys, you get the jersey. You get the Gen Change jersey. The triple (laughs) tri-blend. Get the tri-blend jersey because you know you want it. It's so- 
It's so soft. And it cuddly. is soft. They are soft. Um, soft and cuddly. But yeah. Uh, here's what I would say uh, to Mayor American Pete. Wasp with Dieter McBusiness. I just like your name. Your name is cool. Do I think Deter McBusiness? Deter McBusiness. You don't get De- it. Did I say Dieter? You deter did, but do you understand it's Deter McBusiness? No, so, I don't know. Okay. Tell me. I get you, Deter. I do. How come I don't get it? Because you're just not as sharp. He's Whatever. saying Deter McBusiness. Never mind. I get it. Thank you. Thank you, Danny. Really appreciate it. Uh, you want to talk about this more? Because I don't think it's smart for us to talk about no, this my, pers- my, my personal opinion is that somebody's going to challenge, but the type of person who I think will create the greatest amount of momentum is the type of person who can truly galvanize the labor movement, because that's what's needed right now. It isn't a question of whether or not Marianne can or somebody else can. It's a question of if you can walk into a union hall if you can go to a local Starbucks, as we've done, and you can galvanize those people, then you're onto something. If you, if if somebody was coming up from the grassroots, if there was somebody coming up that came from labor, they would have my full support. Okay. Now, personally, I don't see somebody doing that in like a Prada suit. Not not the right vibe for me to lead a labor movement. That's my take. Okay, and what I think is that somebody that isn't that person will detract from building the bench, take money and resources away from down ballot races for for nothing. And that's my concern with with supporting someone that isn't a labor that doesn't come from labor. If the Democrats want to lose, but lose in highly successfully financial fashion in 24. Oh, Biden DeSantis? No, no. Newsom DeSantis. Oh, Newsom DeSantis. You spit over your words. Newsom DeSantis. You see, that would be an interesting race. And and, And again, that's just for theatric purposes because those two would really have that. Now, what I would say, because I still believe fully right now in this moment that either Trump and most likely, but my money is on DeSantis to be the next president. And here's what I do believe is the best case scenario right now because of how shattered the left movement really is because it's so uncohesive. People are always fighting with one another. I really like that Newsom DeSantis, East versus West, red versus blue. It would be like a media, oh my God, it would be just so big. 1968 is the year that comes to mind. Because yeah. what you have to remember is that in terms of historic um, in, in, ter- in terms of historic reference and where people stand on LBJ, he to me is one of the worst presidents we've ever had because what Vietnam represents is endless war that we are have had ever since. I know people want to blame you know neoliberalism and all that, but so much of what he represents is endless war. That's the legacy of LBJ, even though he passed the Civil Rights Act and he passed uh, and he passed Medicare. So there's no denying just how significant, especially Medicare. You can argue about the Civil Rights Act because there were so many caveats in there, especially with the Southern Democrats and what it did and didn't do. My point is, is that when the 1968 election season was rolling around, people just assumed that LBJ was going to run for president again. But he was getting challenged from the left and no one was challenging him harder in the initial stages. Yes, RFK was killed in 68. No one was challenging him harder in the initial stages than a real radical lefty in Eugene McCarthy. And he created such momentum 
against LBJ that he eventually got Bobby Kennedy into the race. And by the New Hampshire primary, LBJ actually dropped out of the race. So if the goal here is to eventually get Biden out of the race, it's going to take some type of a circumstance like that where someone is challenging him right now that may not seem like much, but might deal a few body blows over the next six months where somebody in the summer, like a Gavin Newsom, is going to look at this and say, this this I got I got to go. I got to do this. Like, I have to challenge. There's no incumbent Republican president right now. Like, this is going to be my best shot to try and become president, even though he will not be. But his best shot will be that circumstance. And the same is true for. I mean, line them up, Buttigieg, Kamala, you name it. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Trump's VP. He's better off with someone like Nikki Haley. But but I don't know that she's with him. Let's put it this way. If Trump is trying to win which I think he is, he's not going to pick somebody like Marjorie to be his VP. That's well, I don't, I, yeah, but the truth is I really do think it'll be DeSantis and I definitely don't think he would pick, pick somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene. No, in fact, I think DeSantis is smart enough to pick, um, you know, I think they will pick a woman. That I think is very likely. You've and, got Nikki Haley, Carrie Lake. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's some people that I would think would be kind of on the- And say what you want about Carrie Lake. As cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs as she is, she's not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in, in an obscene way the way Marjorie Taylor Greene is. Like I could see somebody like Carrie Lake with the way she can basically do the runway walk. A lot of people are going to like her. They will. There's a few people that I could see going with with that, though. Yeah. Then there's a, Sarah what, Sanders. Good God in heaven. Absolutely not. Oh, come no. on. No, come on. no, 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 no. And you see Metalopoly, when you start when you start talking like this, this is when you go off the deep end. That's not to say that Gavin Newsom's the answer. He we isn't. don't like him but at all. Larry Elder isn't the answer. <laughs> no. That's like just jumping out of the pan into the fire, man. That's not helping this. You know, it's like a great meme that everyone's like when they see because like people on the people on the conservative right are like seeing the arguments that are being made against you know, like Biden and, and neoliberalism and all that. Yeah. And it's like the it, it's like Samuel L. Jackson in uh in Pulp Fiction, when you come over and be like, yeah, isn't Larry Elder great? I don't remember asking you a damn thing. <laughs> Pipe down there, people. We know what we We're like. not fans of Larry Elder. In fact, Larry Elder has been one of our bootlickers. I do recall oh, yeah. that. So oh, yeah. Let's be, uh, so let's be more reasonable. Uh, no, I, I, no, I, I, I don't that's think, what, I don't know enough about her. Yeah, that's what I said. I said that her, now she, says that the 2020 election was rigged. What I will say is that- That's more bootlicking than cocoa for cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Now, Marjorie Taylor Greene is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Oh. But what is absolutely true is that if you're asking me just as being politically objective, who I think could actually generate a lot of political momentum from independents and the Republicans, it's Carrie Lake. Like you're really underestimating yeah, this person. I think I, I see that. And the other thing you have to remember about Arizona, that's very important. There's two rules of thumb here that you have to remember. That, in my opinion, cost Carrie Lake the the governorship in in Arizona. The first is the fact that if you want to talk about a candidate who was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, was Blake Masters running against Mark Kelly oh, for the U.S. Senate. God, Jesus, I don't even put something like out there into the ether. Oh, good 
God, man. That's a joke, I'm sure. I hope so. Hey, Suze, please tell me you're joking. That's got to be a, well, that's a highlight right out of the New York Times because that's, remember they dual endorsed them for president? Oh, is that, okay, because I hope that's a joke because come on, hey, Suze, you're killing me here. Metalopoly, here's what I would say regarding what happened in the Arizona election. As I've always said, if you're willing to admit that there was impropriety when it came to Governor Kemp running against Stacey Abrams in 2018, which there certainly was. Oh, completely. Then you have, then people on the left have to be willing to admit that Katie Hobbs also being the Secretary of State while running to be the governor and not stepping down looks very Wait, suspicious. Wait, I didn't know well. that was the same All case it out most there. Oh, certainly is. Oh, same. yeah, the, that that complete ele- then that should be invalidated. And I and said the whether, same thing about the state. And whether or not there is cheating, the the image of it's impropriety is so obvious that you're you're giving cannon fodder to somebody like Carrie Lake to say it's a, it's rigged. And you know what? Whether it is or not, it looks like it is if the secretary of state refuses to step down when she's running for governor because they control the votes. Here's the thing. You know what? I I have a really good friend and her mom would always say, if it quacks like a duck and it waddles like a duck, then it's a duck. So, yeah, I that to me is absolutely outrageous. I didn't realize that that was the case out there as it was in Georgia. And I find that just absolutely appalling. And then you get everybody and then you get everybody on the left who is like, but we can't like Carrie Lake when, no, it's not our fault. It's Katie Hobbs's fault for not stepping down as Secretary of State. Why would she need to remain Well, my understanding was also that she refused to debate. That's now, true too. Now she to did. me, and this is somebody who, I don't know anything about these two people, right? I I, I know that one's the Democrat, one's a Republican and blah, blah, Rufio, blah. we just pointed that out. We just said that. That's Brian what I'm kept saying. Dead. Yeah, you can't, you can't have double standards. It's wrong both ways. Oh yeah, no, it's it, both of those elections should be invalidated if they're su- I, that's completely a conflict of interest. We're we're calling it we're calling balls and strikes. Both sides are not going to do that. No. Carrie Lake is not going to stand up there and say Governor Kemp robbed Stacey Abrams just like Katie Hobbs robbed. Me. But I'll tell you why I, I wouldn't support that. somebody like Katie Hobbs. I don't know her. I don't know anything about her. One, Actually, the one thing I know is why I wouldn't support her. She refused to debate. She refused to debate. I'm not supporting someone who refused to debate. Sorry. No, not happening. You have to be able to stand Sorry. on your own record. And you're talking about re- this is not that is so with all weak. due respect. This is not running for Congress. This is not running for a district that represents a corner of the state that you live in. Sometimes it's the whole state, like Wyoming or Vermont. But generally speaking, running for Congress versus running for governor, there is no position even close in the history of this nation that is the stepping stone to the presidency. There is nothing close. Governor, president, that is two thirds, I believe is the number. It might be higher than that. might be closer to 75%. Of the history of this country. I bet Margaret knows the answer. Why would Margaret know the answer? Because Margaret knows all about the presidents. Uh, She should just stick to looking like a fool at the State of the Union. I'm talking about Margaret Kimberly. Oh, Margaret. I thought you were were referring to her by her real name, Margaret Margaret Taylor Green, which is her real name. Oh, no. no, I was talking about Margaret Kimberly knowing about the presidents. (laughs) I'm like, she... But yes, if anybody would, it's Margaret. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She would know the answer to that. She would that. have been great to have on the podcast tonight. Yeah, but she would know the answer to the how presidents coming as governors. But I think you're right. I think that is the, the common, the most common denominator is governors. 
because yeah. it's an executive to an executive. It actually makes sense, you know, which is why Jesse, just saying, Jesse Ventura, um, that that would be a logical step. And That's I, what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I listen. We love Jesse. Jesse, of course, has been uh, he's been out of the spotlight. Look, if he was Je- if Jesse was really serious Jeez, about doing this. I he know. would be on social media. More I know. And the truth is, is he said what he has said his piece. His piece is, is that if somebody gives him ballot access, he'll run on their ticket. And and that's what it takes. And and other than that, no, he's not going to be out there and doing this because he's not he doesn't suffer fools and he's not going to be out wasting time. So it is what it is. But I just that to me would be the most that to me would be the most appealing option. At any given moment. In the situation we're in right now. There is no point in trying to identify so many of these problems, you know, right now, uh, you know, to me, we're, we're sitting here, we're talking to 25 people, you know, we would love to be talking to hundreds, if not thousands, that would be wonderful. Uh, but because of the, the issues that we talk about, and I would ask everyone in the chat, Meme Master, Keith, DJ, TM, Metalopoly, Recommend one person come and join us. Yeah. And let's turn this into a 40 or 50 person conversation. And when everybody hits the like button, then it probably goes up to, you know, 50 or 60, 70 people. It's really hard. You know, like it's yeah. really a struggle to grow. And let me tell you, we cannot under any circumstances be complaining. And I'll tell you why. As much as we're shadow banned, Status Quo has 120,000 subscribers. They could barely get 200 people to tune in last night. That's unbelievable. I mean... The things that really matter, that the stories account, the things that we should be talking about, they're not getting talked about. No, they're not. The other channels that are getting all the love and all the fanfare. Well, they're basically establishment approved. That's how it works. I think that's probably true. Because let's be real. This is Google. We're being controlled by Google and what they say is valuable and what they say is worthy and things that they don't like when we talk about things like Julian Assange and we say things that they don't like, that's not getting us anywhere within well, let's Google. Let's go this way. When you put on the, the Assange live stream, the two live streams, that puts you on the radar. Like there's no way you're not. And it, you know, it's the sacrifice you make. Yeah. Uh, well, you can't forget about Gallego. That is going to be a three horse race. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I don't I don't know enough about their popular their respective popularities to be able to say, like, who of those three would split the vote more. Like, I don't know enough about that to know. I do know that Arizona is never been one of my highest esteemed states for for a lot of reasons. Um, But, yeah, they have a lot of issues out there. They have a lot of issues. So it's not someplace that I, they, they're, let's say their law enforcement leaves a lot to be desired. Um, the way that they, um, their corrections institutions are, I think, violative of the Eighth Amendment and have been for many years. I've never liked that they somehow felt the need to dig their heels in on Martin Luther King Day as if like, what's, that's really worth fighting about. Um, the, the not doing daylight savings time, I'll give them that. I respect that. But really, Arizona is just kind of a, a mess. Sorry. Progressives are toast, Mike, because... I mean, politically. No politically, by yeah. the way. There's no, there's no cohesion. Rufio, we appreciate the sentiment. 
It's I hope so, man. You I've got been your hoping. sister to subscribe. Uh, hey, listen, if she's watching, she's watching. Well, look, and not a lot. We started this to do an informative full library podcast. So that's why we put up clips. That's why our information isn't necessarily all timely. So yeah, people, please, if, even if somebody doesn't do live streams, there's some really good information that we've put out there, different authors and stuff. You guys know the drill. But yeah, we've been hoping to get to 10,000. As soon as we get to 10,000, I can actually have a merch store. I've been like waiting to be able to, I thought, honestly, I didn't realize it would take this long to get to that. But that's one of the perks that once we hit 10,000, we'll be able to have that, which would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, we're highly suppressed. We are. And, you know, not that, and, and what's so telling is imagine people who are actually like the real journalists who are out there doing it. People like Jordan, people like, Abby Martin, people that are out there that have been suppressed, so heavily suppressed with the actual information um, that people need. Like us being suppressed, we're, and we're you, you know. Guys, I and mean, you guys, listen, I'm, I'm not even gonna name the person, but you know who I'm don't. talking about. You know, when you claim to be a, I don't know if you, I, I mean, I guess technically the person claimed to be progressive. But not in years though. If you, well, no, that's not. Oh, but if you go to work for the blaze, if you can't see that it was always that it is a grift, it was always What's the blaze? a blaze. It's um, that's uh, Glenn Beck's uh, network. Oh, so I was going to say, unless it's about like blazing up a doobie, unless it's about like oh, cannabis, then that because the blaze would actually be a really good name for like a paraphernalia type of uh writing that like a I magazine I or something. I, I would imagine he's trademarked it. I'm but sure he has, name. but it should be, it should be for something a lot more fun than Glenn Beck. I haven't, I haven't even heard of him in years. TM, if you're not following us currently <clears throat> on social media, definitely check us out. Uh, we do have TikTok and we do have Instagram. We, we have YouTube shorts and TikTok shorts. T and, Ford is TYT a grift. I'm not going to call anybody a grift like that, but I do think that once you start taking big donors and big funding, that you're kind of compromised. So I, that that's my take on TYT is that when you start out really independent and then you end up kind of corporate, you're going to see a change in what people's positions are on things. It's just, I think it's sort of like a conflict of interest. I think it's just you're compromised. And what you also have to remember, and this but I wouldn't very, say grift. No, I, but ultimately what you have to remember, and this is very important, that a lot of these organizations, what they will do, and it's very true, like anything that goes on today, <laughs> if you're going to take money from the very industries that do not want the change, you're, you're going to do what they say. Because for many people, including those that are at TYT, or on other shows. I want, I mean, look, I'd be happy to take money from somebody to help do this. I really wish we could get some sponsorship. I still am really looking for a taco truck. Well, yeah, that's a different type of sponsorship. But I, I'm just that's saying not $20 like, million. No, 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 no. But like, honestly, if I could write together like a whole grand proposal of what I would want in order to do this, it wouldn't even be that much money. So like, that's another reason I would like to be able to get some grant money. But anyway, I don't well, guess. if anybody wants to help, and of course we're working on that, I'm in a different situation because I'm trying to start a new career. Basically, I have a small business, but I'm doing commercial real estate, and that is a good place to close the show because today, because you say I, so, 
Because you say so. We didn't vote on that. All right, what do you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know, but you just See, decided. that's what I'm saying. It's but like, it's not like it was even up for discussion. You're just like, that's how we're going to end the show. What would you like to talk about? Oh, I, I can't think of anything, but I don't want you to say that it's your call. I didn't say that. I You didn't ask me first. You just said Ben, Ben, vote. Am I right or wrong? He's not getting into this, and he is. Sure, he knows. Oh no, he is way too smart to do that. Don't cross a woman, especially the woman who owns this garage. Exactly, the woman who owns where you're sitting. We are in a garage, ladies (laughs) and gentlemen. Don't think we're in like some type of shipping container of some kind. (laughs) However, I actually would really like to live in a shipping container. They do look like a lot of fun. I will tell you that. Oh my god! Well, my the next house that I'm ever able to put together or build, if I ever get my little land, is going to be comprised of a combination of like earth materials and repurposed stuff. So it's like I, for whatever reason, I'm able to come across a good shipping crate. Like I'm going to basically work with what's available at the time. Generational changes, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, no, uh, Twitter's Jennifer. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. Oh, we're on rumble. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess we're on rumble. TikTok. Rumble. I didn't know we were on Rumble. Well, we do now. We get comments every once in a while, but nothing big. Uh, so that's where and and uh, those that's those are probably some of the most did relevant you places patrons to find. Today? Uh, I don't think I did, but I will. So, guys, now. we really do. We would really much like patrons, and and we the got thing twenty-seven is, people watching right now. If you haven't smashed that like button, please, please hit do. the like Maybe button. Maybe we'll get to thirty. It could happen. It could. Now we're at 26. Get on there. But guys, if you are new, if you are new, please subscribe. Check out some of the stuff that we've covered. The bell. I don't know if that works. I think it does. Does it work? I think they unsubscribe you anyway. Just do it. Just do it. Do it. (laughs) But guys, seriously, go back and look at and look at our library of stuff that we've done because we've covered so many different topics like across the spectrum, like things from climate issues, economic issues, criminal justice issues. Like we really do talk to a lot of experts and authors and are really trying to help educate people. Just, just dawned on me on a little crossover we could have. Oh, I got that book today. Sorry. TM, you, TM, you have your channel, Politico, Politico Coffee. We should have a conversation with yeah. the crossover channel. Think about that. The bell works. See, yeah, Carrie's I would do here. that. I would do hemp blocks and or I really would love to have a cob house. Um, that's sort of like my my if my dream. But I would also integrate other repurposed things. I will use like I would use like repurposed. Hey, wood Keith, and- hey Keith, here's what I'm going to tell you. You give a damn about show or, or, or conversations like with Tim Pool. Eliza Blue is Eliza knows and a whole bunch of it. She's a total fraud. She looks like somebody who. I don't know I who that say. is. She apparently uh, was able to connect with Elon Musk on Twitter. And because it has been uncovered that she's a complete fraud, she was claiming that she was a trafficked child or, or a trafficked adult. And then people were able to piece timelines together and her age and things to prove that, well, actually, no, this isn't true. You're saying X, Y, and Z. And then somebody, she claimed that she was trafficked when she was actually doxxed. She claimed that being doxxed was being trafficked. And then she goes on social media and is basically telling Elon Musk to block these people and was successfully able to do it. What's your point? That she's a hack and a piece of garbage? Hey, how old is she? Maybe we could set her up with like George Santos. Well, she lies about her age. Well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's a liar. I think he's gay anyway. Uh, Or maybe he lied about that. 
Who the hell knows? He was probably trying to pick up Romney and Romney was like, I'm a Mormon. Get the hell out of here. I have magic underwear. I am protected from your gay powers. I'm just saying. Okay, because, you know, anything having to do with religion is not a selling point to me. Well, yes. So, uh, okay, that's fair. Okay, so TM. All right, that's fair. So don't want to. I mean, I guess we could discuss what the topic would be and just stick to it like we can't. I do. I always respect that. I don't sabotage people. That's what other people try to do to us. I don't do that. I actually invite people on who I just think will be interesting to talk to and I want to read their book or whatever, or I have read their book and I just want to educate people. I don't, I don't really invite people on to pick fights or like do gotchas. It's just not my thing. We're posting Um, our channel email, which is generationalchange (laughs) at gmail.com. And I got that book today in the mail finally, so now I'm going to read that. If anybody is so inclined that they may have like a show idea or guests or anybody that you would want to see on our channel. Yes, Keith, we have seen you time and again mention Dave Smith. We would obviously speak with Dave Smith. He is a very, very popular YouTuber and personality. I don't know if he would ever have time for us. He generally goes on with people like Jordan Sheraton. Well, not Jordan, excuse me. Slip of the tongue. Joe Rogan. Uh, but of course, you know. Yeah. I mean, we love Chev, obviously. And uh, damn, that Gavin Wario can't. We're going to get something straight for next week. Uh, we don't have anything set up as of this moment. No one has confirmed no one takes us seriously. We're, we're small potatoes, guys. No, we get great guests. That's silly. We get great guests. I'm I not, think we did a pretty good job. The fact that Chevron is working tonight pleases me. Yeah. I mean, like, he's in there fighting the good fight. That's what we need them to be doing. Let me assure you one thing Chev is not doing. He's not He's not hanging out in the bowels of, uh, you know, Capitol Hill with a whole bunch of people from the other party talking about what fools the average American is as they sip bourbon together. I can assure you he's not doing that. No. That's not his jam. So. I like Chef. I would definitely talk with Professor Wolf, although we've asked uh, we've asked him to come on our podcast multiple times, but he never comes on, just like, unfortunately, Dr. West has never come on. We can't get the big-time professors to come to I'm scared of Dr. West. We can't get the big-time professors to come to our show. Uh, I, I appreciate that. I, I do. I respect that. I have no problem with that. Yeah. That's, you know, it is what it is. That Hey, listen, we don't want to turn into a gut. Listen, if Jen ever were to run for office again, we can't be dabbling in that type of a thing. You can't. It's just not worth it. Well, it's and I also it. think this, like for people like Dr. West or Richard Wolf, it's these are people that have their own things and are quite busy and are doing really big things. So I can understand that they allocate their time accordingly and you have to prioritize. And when you're a professor and you're doing all this and that, you don't have time for all of your stuff to be media. You don't have time for that. So maybe you allocate one or two things every once in a while that you're willing to do. And yeah, you're going to go for your biggest bang for your buck because why wouldn't you? So that's what I think. These are not people that want to spend all their time uh, doing interviews. It's not like unless they're promoting a book at the time. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what would work, guys. If you guys really like our show and want to help us, if you email Professor Wolf and tell them you really should go on uh, generational change, that's probably more likely to get a response. (laughs) Because if people start... Like if, if dozens of people start emailing and said, listen, I think you guys would have a great I'd love to get him on at the same time as Grumbine. That would be real. That would be the last time Wolf would ever come on our show. Absolutely. But, you know. Absolutely. That, but that would be, wow, that would be cool. Some people need to understand that there is a difference between 
Yeah, I actually I wouldn't sabotage economics. So I don't think that that I would I would only do it with him knowing it. I would never do it as a as a sabotage. Put it this way. Steve Grumbine wouldn't get off his bum for anybody. But I think he would for Jen. If Jen ran for office, I think he would actually come down here and knock on doors. I don't know. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. I think he would host. I think I, I think he would host MMT fundraisers for you. Probably. Yeah, that he would do. He would just do to, different things. Yeah, he would help for sure. So as I mentioned earlier, and we'll close with, I, I will close with, you can close with whatever well, that you want. Well, you also need to talk about that you're cross-pollinating with, um, yes. with status quo. Status quo. So I am going to, I believe, I believe, uh, before we go live on Mondays, generally, from now on, I am going to be going on regularly with Jordan Cheriton and perhaps Zayna Day at status quo. Uh, I'm happy to help Jordan. He is actually a personal friend. And of course, he is a young father, uh, first time father. And as he mentioned on the live stream last night, the little angel has changed her sleeping pattern. And we all know when that starts to happen, your sleepless nights really start in earnest and they could last for quite a while. So if I can be of service in some way, it seems that getting on the show with him would obviously be very helpful. Uh, so um, we we've had Chris Hedges on actually, Carrie. Chris Hedges was one of our final guests on the Julian Assange live stream that I did a um, little less than two years ago. So we Chris Hedges has come on our show. Shout out to our friend Jane D'Onofrio, who is now the head of the Flora College Dems. If anybody is going to turn that group into something. And that's our loss, too, because he was going to be coming here yeah. and working with us. So are, we are still. So this is something we can talk about okay. for just very briefly, at least do my little promo. guys. By the, way, like what's on, by the way, what's on Saturday? You could just let everybody know. On Saturday, guys, we're having um, we are helping support the Democratic Progressive Caucus of Florida Broward, their annual Valentine's Bash. Um, it, where's details that people can find that? Because yeah, I'm not going to sit here and read off up. Linda's address to everybody. Like we don't need to do that, but, um, that's what we're doing on Saturday. But one thing I wanted to tell you guys, I would, am actively seeking people in the Gen Z generation. Okay. Who would be interested in hosting a show on this channel? You don't have to live here. I'm interested in getting together a group of Gen Zers that would like to have their own panel show and have discuss issues on this channel. If that's something that you would be interested in doing, like you would have your own time, your own login, your own, you know, I want you guys to be able to produce your own stuff. Um, we, we can do it for school credit. Uh, there's no money in it. But it's definitely great on your resume, and it's definitely great on your college application. If you so, raise any money on the show, you can turn to whatever you want to. Yeah, right? yeah, by all means. You know, I, I, my attitude with everyone who works here is if you bring in money, you get money. I, I you know, of course. we pay as we go here. But um, so if you guys know anybody, if you're Gen Z or you have somebody in your life that's a Gen Zer, and you would like to do a show on this channel and have your own channel or your own show, Reach out, generationalchange at gmail.com. Put Gen Z in the headline, in the subject, and send us an email. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you're about. I'm going to put together like a more formal kind of help wanted thing. I'm really terrible at human resources. That's that's a big part this of it. This is like the I link. If you guys are interested in supporting the Valentine's Bash, we will. I, if I, you're local, come. Yes. If you're local, come. It'll be fun. Yeah. 
Um, Maxwell Frost is coming down. I know Nina Turner is making a nice video appearance or like um, a live stream appearance. Yeah, it'll be helpful. You know, we're just trying to build something somewhat cohesive. It takes time, but hopefully they- We're uh, in a position in Florida right now where the party is at its absolute weakest. Oh yeah, if there's an opportunity for a populist left uprising, it's right now. Yeah. Right now. So like we we're really working on it and shout out to Jaden because he definitely shined a lot of light on some stuff around here. Just and unfortunately, from him, yeah. and unfortunately it does take a leader of sorts in order to do that. Now I was, um, may I, well, I'll say. Yes. Close, close, close. Yeah. Cause we should be finishing an hour and a half, especially when it's just you and I. Uh, so I went to the mayor's breakfast that is done once a year in well, it, it rotates uh, year to year in terms of the location, but it was South Broward mayors. Uh, most of these mayors are part of the congressional district that we live in. Um, I will say that I've been to said mayor's breakfast yes, before. I will say that some are definitely allies. I would say that some are probably still in Debbie's camp and some of them are just neutral. Yeah. <laughs> Did you laugh when you saw that? Yeah, well, I couldn't, you know, trying not to ignore. Well, if you heard this, if you, like I said, if you heard the speech, you would be like, holy crap. Like worse than Joe. Uh, Like he's up, it's like, like. Was going in like a whole direction. And so it got to the point where I'm thinking people in the story are thinking this guy's like, give him the hook. Give him the hook. Give him the hook. We have one, there's a particular mayor that's, I'm just, you don't censor me. I will not be censored. Who's been sitting in a position for a very long time, kind of, and, and kind of past their prime. That's that's what we'll say. And wasn't it even expected f- to re- wasn't even expected to run. And and, 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 and that particular seat could, could use a update. And in terms of the population of the district in the southernmost portion of the district is where the majority of the people actually live between a few different communities. And it is interesting hearing <laughs> the perspective of a whole bunch of different people. Uh, yeah. Sure, we'll play her music. Why not? <laughs> Proud Mary, baby. So, I can't. No, I know what he said. I'm just trying to forget it. It's like I can't even. I can't even say anything. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, it's it's kind of annoying, but anyway, uh, it is interesting to learn. Uh, if you don't know who your mayor is or if you don't know who the mayors are in your surrounding area, it's very important to know who these people are because they are making decisions regarding economic and uh, urban development. This is very important stuff. You need to know what's being zoned for certain things, whether it's residential homes, commercial homes, redevelopment of certain properties. I mean, I will just say one of the mayors admitted that we're out of space. And I feel like saying that's not good. No one should ever be out of space. Like if you're out of space, that means you've overdeveloped. Oh, well, I think anybody driving around in South Florida can come to that assessment quite easily. I don't think you need to hear it from them. I think you could just see it. It's it's observable. It is unfortunate that certain of the areas are, but I will give a shout out to a couple of people in particular. I like this idea Uh, right here, first of all. And I agree. I think, and that was one of the things I was kind of working towards. I did make some connections at Canadelic, but I would love to have um, a cannabis sponsor for sure. Yeah, that would be great. And anyway, like I was saying, uh, the, the things that were discussed, which I thought was important and shout out to two mayors in particular, uh, Mayor Joy Cooper of Hallandale, even though we'll 
who have some political disagreements. Agreed. And a huge, huge shout out to uh, new mayor of Dania Beach, AJ, AJ Ryan, a uh, great guy. I consider him a friend. And he is somebody who, like Mayor Cooper in Hallandale, is making a very concerted effort to have green spaces in their community. The Lord knows when you're in East Broward, you must have green spaces. We already have enough problems as it is. And look, Mayor Levy of Hollywood is very popular. Uh, there's a lot of green space in Hollywood. A lot of these homes are very bungalow style, or as he likes to point out, has a lot of Coral Gables feel to it, which it does. But Hollywood has a lot of problems with flooding. Hollywood and, has a lot of problems with a lot of things. But that one in particular is a huge issue, especially when it comes to development. As far as other communities go, uh, Mayor Peggy Brown of Weston, lovely lady, um, I like Peggy. says hello. Uh, she's doing her part in what a lot of times is often, well, not in terms of commercial development, but in terms of housing development, residential development. Weston is regarded as sort of a concrete jungle because everything looks the same. It's a very, very, very planned community. It looks like kind of like Lake Buena Vista and Disney World. It, it does. looks like Disney World. It does. World. You would think you were driving through, uh, through Disney World. You would yeah. think you were like the, like the timeshare region. You would yeah, think that that's like, what you yeah. were passing through. Not that For that's sure. bad. I mean, it's a very quaint, very, I mean, you want to talk about a town you could hear a pin drop in and then Southwest Ranches. I mean, uh, it, it just goes without saying that all politics is local. It really pays to know who your representatives are. And if you're looking to run for office, it also pays for them to know who you are, to, to see a familiar face. That can actually go a very long way because the more they always say there are certain people in politics that you don't want to get to know because you don't want to like them because then personal feelings can take over and you might not actually conduct yourself professionally in a way that allows you to get the type of work done that you need to in order to enact change. I think that's why local politics is, is it can be so corrupt and filthy because yeah. it is so personal. It's at such a personal level where it's your family's business, your friend's business, who you're giving your contracts to. Everything is so close. Well, look at what just came out about J Jim Clyburn and how he's passing out, you know, jobs, uh, no-show jobs and stuff to family members like it doesn't mean anything. Now, granted, the financial implications are not significant. We need to get Marcel on. But the corruption, without question, is a serious problem. Yeah. It just is. And if we're going to deal with that, we must make ourselves familiar from, from the perspective of those who are not corrupt. Because you know who gets very friendly with elected officials, especially at the local level? People who are willing to be corrupt to get what they want. That's the way it is. You know what we also what else is interesting about that? So you talk about all these municipalities, but the reality is any real power here is county. And and That's when true. you look at like Broward County Commission is a way different type of entity. And when you're looking at like when you go and you're like, OK, the mayor of Cooper City and the mayor of, you know, Weston and all that. And not that that's not like an important job because it is. Of course. But when it comes to real power in terms of things happening at a infrastructure level, what we're really talking about is county. Yeah. And and that's where I think our biggest problem lies. That's where we need somebody with any real sort of lean towards populism, somebody who's really willing to do something. That's where you could have somebody that does stand up to the state. That's where you can have that. The only way that's going to happen is if the queen bee gets knocked off her perch. That's the only way. 
because everything more or less falls into that that kind of one specific spot. And it's been that way for a long time. And, you know, we're counting on, you know, hopefully enough momentum, if possible, in the next year to see if it would be worth uh, a shot. If not, you know, it, it is what it is. But in the meantime, we have to keep doing what we're doing because it is valuable. Uh, volunteering locally as we will at the event on Saturday, um, you know, doing what we can to lift up local people like a Jaden D'Onofrio. Um, and then, of course, what we do yeah. here. You know, we're trying to transform politics into service. We're doing the best we can. It's not easy. But you guys now have our email if you want to forward suggestions, ideas. Or I'm looking at the age brain. of the people in the chat. So for the most part, we seem to have a ton of Gen Xers and boomers. Where are the Gen Zers? You would think well, they would be watching our show. Except for I think they are more the people that watch the shorts on TikTok and, and are the ones that are watching those. I don't think that they come on to. Long I think, form? Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. And, you know, so I think that's it. But so, guys reach out to your Gen Zers, tell them about this opportunity. We all have some kids in our lives, whether it's your own or someone else's, boomers and Gen Xers like me. Um, if you know a kid, like maybe your kid is more interested in this than mine. You know, mine, I don't, if I paid him, he would probably do it, but that's about it. Well, that's always the key. We'll toss you a quarter. Because <laughs> he's not that show. interested in it. Fair enough. And sometimes the headlines do matter. But with that said, definitely check out the event that we're having to support the Florida Progressive Caucus on Saturday. It is going to be a fundraiser, so any contributions will be obviously very much appreciated. As I mentioned, going to make appearances uh, on uh, Status Quo going forward, which will be fun. You never know. One might think about. We'll see. And in the meantime, we will have hopefully some good guests lined up for Monday and Wednesday of next week. 100% Metalopoly. 100% Gen X had the best music, 100%. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Thanks for watching. If you want to support our mission to transform politics into service, please like this video, subscribe, follow us on social media, and consider joining our Patreon, where you'll get early access to our interviews as well as other exclusive content. Links are in the description. Peace out.